Microsoft Connections Podcast Network. Welcome back to Behind the Connection, where I chat with friends and other acquaintances here in the podcasting world, talk about, you know, how they got into wrestling, how they found uh, Place to Be Nation, or just whatever along the way they want to talk about. We usually have some sort of wrestling on the background, doesn't seem to ever really be discussed in the show. We've had some really cool guests so far, and that trend continues as always, as joining us is the uh, owner of the Jenny Position Podcast Network, and course uh co-host and host of many shows here across all of our quad of pods and that is jennifer smith how are you doing i'm good um not discussing the wrestling probably not gonna happen on this episode yeah i guess mm-hmm. anyone who knows you which is most of the people listening i'm sure to this uh knows you are obsessed with one wrestling pay-per-view in particular isn't that weird it's so weird mm. but yes i am and it's uncensored 95 uh, to the surprise of no one, and I'm to sorry no watches. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't a surprise. I thought there was a couple other options maybe that could have popped up, but uh, I think anyone probably would have guessed this is what you were going to pick. You know, um, I actually did try to come up with something else, and then every mm-hmm. time I did, I was just like, you know what, no, <laughs> I can't. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, again, not a surprise. Although, how many shows have you done on this show alone? Um, I really, I watched my favorite match of all time one time on, uh, the special relations podcast, I think, mm-hmm. but that's it as far as this show goes. Oh, okay. It feels like you would have done more, but maybe it's just like random watches. Right. And stuff, I mean, it's so, just because yeah. I can get no one else to watch with me. <laughs> that's true. All right. So listen, we're parked at all zeros on this thing. Uh, we're going to fire it up and then we'll get into our discussion. How's that sound? Sounds good. Okay. And here we go in three. Two, go. It's very so exciting what? every time. Every single time. Oh, sorry. Well, what is sorry. it? What is it about <laughs> this show? What is it about this show? <laughs> it's very weird. I wish I could explain it. I think it's just me. Um, everything is just so very odd. Um, and honestly, it's it's the first show that sort of made me fall in love with wrestling, and it just has always stuck with me. So um, you started watching like regularly in what, like 2016, 17, um, somewhere in there. Regularly, like, you... no, yeah, not um maybe like late and uh, years all run together, but late mm. 2017 maybe is accurate. Yeah, yeah, that's probably all right. I think it's when you started hopping on like group projects on PlaceOfNation.com and stuff like mm. that. But, like, had you ever been a fan before that, like, way back in the past? Because I think I feel like most people at least have some cursory run in with it, either during the 80s, like, uh, my brother or sister watched it or my dad watched it or something. Or, mm-hmm. like, in the Attitude Era when everyone at school was watching it or it was kind of cool, everyone was wearing shirts and stuff. Like, did you ever have any run ins? Was it ever on your radar at all? Or was it something that you just discovered? that late in life and like not that you're late in life but that it's pretty late to discover pro wrestling honestly <laughs> pretty late, in your yeah. mid-30s or whatever so it's like and to become such a, a big fan of it um so was there any foundation at all well so my best friend growing up um she was obsessed with Shawn michaels mm-hmm. um and whenever i would go to her house for sleepovers we would go to the little um rental the video rental store in our town tiny little little store that actually ended up working at later on in life um and would get like wrestlemania summer slams i don't remember what years i don't remember anything i just remember Shawn michaels (laughs) well like what era of Shawn michaels you remember like the vague was it like pretty boy world champion Shawn michaels was it like douchebag up and coming Shawn michaels rocker Shawn michaels I gotta say, it's whatever is like mid '90s, like yeah, so probably '96-ish, probably when he was that, like world champion. Probably, maybe a little bit early. Um, I don't have the recall of you freaks that are uh, mm. hardcore lifetime wrestling. Yeah, you surprised yourself. <laughs> so, you, all right, so you had one friend that was super to Shawn yes. Michaels, would occasionally yes. rent stuff and watch it, but that was it. Like, there was no other on no, the radar. No, until... I mean, South, obviously. So it was like WCW wasn't at all on your radar? 
Well, we went, we, uh, we won tickets to a, a WCW, which I was going to look up and then I didn't, um, a WCW taping of something mm-hmm. um, in a little town called Ozark, Alabama. And uh, I want to say when I looked it up last time, it was like 1998 or so. Um, and so we won these tickets on the radio uh, when we were at her house one day, uh, just, you know, dialing in, like caller number, whatever, uh, gets these tickets. And, oh, my God, this match is starting now. Um, and then um, they were nosebleeds. They were just – and it was like a – I don't want to say like a high school gym or anything, but like similar to that. It was sort of like a community center for like a little town. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember the seats were terrible, but then sort of halfway through the show, we just sort of left our seats and went and sat wherever we wanted to. Right. <laughs> just because nobody cares. It's generally how it goes, too. Yeah. And uh, so we did that. I remember Kevin Nash being there. That is the only clear memory I have the, of that show, is seeing Kevin well, Nash. Well, so I, I think I found the show, mm-hmm. and it's courtesy of our buddy Bob Colling of WrestlingRecaps.com. Uh, you, you remember being a taping, so it could be this. WCW presents Saturday night, mm-hmm. March 21st, 98. Sound about, maybe that the does sound right, yes. So the card was a Marty Jannetty defeated Lenny Lane, Silver King over Evan Courageous, Horseshoe over Mike Tolbert, High Voltage defeated the Armstrongs, Chris Adams defeated Glacier, The Barbarian defeated Jim Powers, Fit Finley defeated, defeated Lorenzo, whoever that is, Prince Ayukeo over Jerry Flynn, Disco Inferno beat Hard Party Harrison, and in the main event, which actually seems like it's been pretty good. DDP and Chris Benoit defeated Perry Saturn and Van Hammer by DQ. Okay. Uh, he has some notes on like angle development stuff too. I'm trying to see if Nash. He doesn't maybe have I Nash. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe it was like a dark match or something, but he doesn't have it as part of his write up here. Well, that sounds right. I mean, I'm sure he would know better than me, but I, I just remember the leather pants. So. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it looks like it aired on 317. No, I mean, I, I doubt there's it. many other um, shows from Ozark, Alabama in that time frame. Yeah, I mean, this is the only one that's coming up. So it was March 17th. It was actually the date you would have went. It aired on March 21st. I'm checking Cage Match to see uh, Ozark, Alabama. But it looks like you have to you'd have to go year by year to see how many on here. I'm checking 98 really quick to see if there's any other ones. There was a WCW house show in December, but you think it was a taping? feel like it was but that could also be very wrong um but anyway um so that was it until pretty much the attitude era and then of course everybody was watching wrestling at that point and my brother my little brother was one of those people and i remember being in his room on on monday nights um trying to wrestle um (laughs) you know kids and um Mm -hmm. But that didn't last long, I don't think. Uh, he wasn't into it for very long. And that was pretty much it. Pretty much it until Uncensored 95. Well, I'm going to blow your mind because there was actually an ECW card there that same year. And obviously, you've become quite the ECW aficionado mm-hmm. through the podcast, Extreme Three Way Dance. And uh, this house show was on October 16th. And it featured such wrestlers as Bam Bam Bigelow, mm. Taz. Bubba Ray Dudley, Rob Van Dam, Sabu, Mikey Whipwreck, what? Shane Douglas, Tommy Dreamer, New Jack. So a lot of your favorites. Damn, I should have went to that fucking show. Only you knew. I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have known how great it was. I don't think. Probably. You could have seen. You could have seen Mikey live. I know. I know. And not remember any of it. So. (laughs) All right. So you go to that house show in '98. Brothers watching, kind of falls off from there. Then you're back in in late 17. But, like, what is... So, no awareness at all. Like, it never even hits your map in any way. Like, you don't watch it on TV randomly, you know, over someone's... Like, there's just no... Because this fascinates me. Because, like, for me, like, I don't ever go a day without thinking about it (laughs) since I've been... So, it's weird to think, like, you'd go that long and, and not even, like, say, oh, like, to just flip by it, you know what I mean? 
Right. Well, um, so the wrestling fandom is also pretty tied in with my podcasting um, right. in general. So it's a it it's it's just a lot of connecting dots because when I started in podcasting, I was mostly comics oriented, mm-hmm. and um, a lot of the friends that I had at the time were comics fans, of course. And then um, in a connection that I found that happens a lot, a lot of comics fans are also wrestling fans, yeah. um, which is interesting to me. It always has been interesting to me that. You think same, it's like a just a nerd thing? No, I, I feel like it's a story thing. That's how I feel. Mm. Um, to me, it made sense that um, my friends were super into comics and we connected in that way. And then um, they would just talk about wrestling all the time, all the time. And I'm just like, you know, I'm reading the comments. I'm just involved in it. Like I, I started sort of um, knowing the lore of wrestling before right. the actual like sport of wrestling, because I would hear just the outrageous stories of being on the road or um, just the sort of the famous um, maybe fucked up stories of wrestling. Mm. Uh, <laughs> so I heard a lot of that sort of stuff before I actually started watching it, if that makes any sense. Like I, I knew of a lot of people and like events and like things, but it wasn't connected right. to anything that I knew. Right, like you couldn't visualize it. I no, guess either, like right? I, did, so. I didn't know what that meant, you know. So do you, going back to the comic book connection, do you think it's like a superhero thing too? Like perhaps if if you think of like that era, you know, age group would have grown up in like the eighties or early nineties when wrestlers really were booked into and looked like superheroes, like larger than life and mm-hmm. baby faces ruled and they're all muscled up and they're saving, you know, their friends and the damsel in distress and all that stuff. Like, I, I guess you could see some, you know, lineation there too, between like, you know, being a comics fan and being super into superheroes and villains. And I guess the story component, like you said, does seem to actually translate pretty well to wrestling where it's very similar where it's a bunch of superhero like good guys and evil villains that cheat and steal and you know they gotta eradicate them so there is there is some natural and they're both like over the top too right Mm -hmm. so they're not really neither really based at any level of realism um i guess it obviously like 80s wcw is but as a kid like you can visualize both of these things as being larger than life and kind of over the top it's it's i mean like wrestling is a little bit live action comic book you know mm-hmm. um with the episodic storytelling um never ending sort of feeling that you get with right. comic books and then also some things just don't fucking matter so right. like in, in comics you can do shit and you can tell a story and then you could just fucking turn around and not acknowledge that that story happened or right or someone could die right <laughs> it doesn't happen necessarily wrestling but guys either get hurt right. or retire and come back yeah. and... or change your gimmick or whatever so it, it all just pretty much made sense the more i got to to understand comics and wrestling um and soap opera i mean there's that component yeah, soap in opera's too, definitely obviously. in there as well which is funny to me but yes right where this is a never-ending cycle of villains yeah. and yeah good guys and again you kind of you kind of can erase anything you want and redo it and um you just keep the same loyal mostly audience that cycles in and out and that's always been the interesting thing especially they've done these podcasts is to hear the cycle that so many fans have gone through watching as a kid some fade off come back as a teen maybe fade off again and then once they discover the internet you know really go back into it because all of a sudden something that was so um remote for most people and not having maybe that network of friends to talk to about it because maybe you had one or two um at best or i think most of us growing up probably that's where we're at outside of maybe when you're like really young like seven or eight mm-hmm. in the late 80s when everyone's watching you know hulk hogan etc I, I got in like just after that so i really had seven or eight years of like very limited wrestling fan interaction it was like maybe four people five people right and you you live through stuff like magazines and eventually the early days of the internet and as that broadened is when you start to realize like oh i can get this fix through this medium mm-hmm. um and it, it's <clears throat> i've only known one other person <laughs> to get into wrestling diehard at like an older age and um and even he was only probably like his mid-20s and 
like he got into it in like 2002 is this guy I worked with uh, Scott and I worked with back in uh, Connecticut and he became like a diehard at that age, which always kind of blew my mind too, because it, it seems like such a ridiculous thing to get into <laughs> like that late. Like, well, like I, I know I'm into it because I was just into it as a kid and it never left me. Right. And I think right. sports fandom is the same way. Like mm-hmm. to me, when you get older, it's almost impossible to become like a diehard fan of a sports team. Right. You almost had a, it had to be like ingrained in you as a kid and you can't quit it. And mm-hmm. so like, it's, it's, and I've been that way. Well, like, like basketball and stuff like that. So it, like, like, I'm just curious how, um, yeah, like how you got so into it well, and not have that gene as a kid, like to make you feel like you've always just been into it. It's funny because, um, like the whole genesis of watching Uncensored 95 was just like, you know, let, let's put on a show that Jenny might like and, and let's right. just watch that and see what she thinks of this. And that, that was it. Like it was just that casual. And then when I saw this King of the Road match, um, my favorite match of all time is very stupid. Um, but I think it's just mostly who I am as a person <laughs> just because um, I like very odd things and I like, I can find something good in things that most people think are very dumb. Um, and I think that's what did it in this show. Like, I see, like I think, yeah. So I, I just nerd out about the show, but so there, there is good shit here. It's just that nobody is looking at it right. Is how I feel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, well, that was the right way to look at it. Yeah. Like, what is it about this match? Or you wouldn't have even known who Dustin Rose, the Blacktop no. Bully, was. You no, put this it, on, and I mean, and look, your origin story is not far off from most wrestling fans, right? Like, this would have been you're just doing it at you know 34 uh, or whatever. Yeah, versus, just older. Yeah. Versus nine. Right. Because like some random nine year old may have been flipping channels and stumbled upon this and been like, what is this? You know, like and, and been sucked into it. Like I can see it. I, I, it's definitely a looking through cynical eyes wrestling fan type thing. Right. So if the mindset of you is basically as a child putting on wrestling for the first time and like, oh, shit, like this shit's wild and yeah. I'm into it. Like there's really I mean, there's nothing wrong with it. It's just it's just an interesting entry point it's a spectacle i mean it's absolutely absurd i mean they're just i i grew up in the south obviously i i've been around hay my whole life i've been around these trailers my whole life and just to see people legit wrestling in the back of this truck with helicopters and trucks and cameras and i just think it's awesome um and and you know i probably am very childlike when it comes to this stuff because Mm. Because I want to be, you know, I want to like, like it. I want to still find the cool shit in it. I don't want to be a jaded wrestling fan, which is what I would, you know, I've said for years, like, y'all got, y'all got issues, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I feel like, but I feel like that ages out too. Like, you know, in my twenties and thirties, I was a lot angrier about it than I am now. And I don't know, maybe it's just having kids. Maybe it's just getting more tired. Maybe it's just being older, but like, I, I, I care when it's good and I don't really give a shit when it's bad at this point. And mm. I find myself being more open to just finding the good and random stuff. And maybe it's the type of, you know, friends and fans I watch with now. And mm-hmm. maybe it's just going to a bunch of live events and just digging the atmosphere and not worrying as much about who's booked to win what. And, you know, just, Whatever the reason is, I feel like you do get there eventually. I feel like even the most of the jaded fans will get there eventually too. I just feel like it's it's natural to be in your twenties and thirties and rage online over everything, right? Like I think back to even like Yankees Red Sox in the two thousands, right? When like it was at its most peak and just the fights I'd get into and the arguments online about sports and yeah, even recently like five years ago. And now I look, I read back like Facebook memories or look at that stuff and, or even like old episodes, a place to be. And I'm like, I don't even know if I could dig up that level of anger anymore about like <laughs> stuff like, and I think that just comes back to it. And it's almost puts you back in that mentality of as a kid. It's like, I just want to watch it and enjoy it and not be um, overly concerned or let it drag me down. And I mean, That's- I'm there in sp- with sports too, I guess. So maybe for me, it's just been an age thing. Like, 
you know, seven years ago, the Jets losing a game would like ruin my next two days. You know what I mean? And now it's like, well, whatever, <laughs> like whatever it is. Um, so I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I, and I see it like in you and you just, you know, how much you enjoy. And it was, it was funny because, you know, you did the Twitch for the, this year's Royal Rumble oh, and it God. like beat you down. And it's, yeah. I just had never really seen you get that upset about pro wrestling. And I'm hoping was it wasn't like, upset. start. well, I was wow. hoping it wasn't the start of you getting to where like we all got at some point like you're yeah, gonna, no. i don't want to see you go to evolution see i think that's because i you know people have told me before that it's sort of endearing or like it's funny or um charming or whatever that i have i don't have all of that baggage that y'all have with this stuff so my baggage is gonna take longer <laughs> to accumulate right. right and so um so i have always tried to and, and I just want to enjoy it. Like you said, I don't want to be angry about it. I don't want to, honestly, I do want to study it and think about it, which I have through several pods and grown a lot, I think, but I don't want to like hate it. Like mm-hmm. I don't want to hate it. And, uh, and so nowadays, like with the <laughs> rumble in adult life, like after our, after you have a shitty week and Mm -hmm. you're like, okay, this show's on Saturday. And like, I just have to make it through this week and I'm going to see an awesome show. I went to day one. I had a fucking blast at that show. I go, I went to survivor. I I went to WrestleMania. Like I go to these shows live and I always have a blast and I did not expect anything other than a blast. Before Rumble, like I was super fucking stoked for it, and then they broke my heart like 17 times during that show, and I'm like, okay, I get it now. Like, dude, like seriously, I get where all the baggage comes from. Like, it just all happened to me in one night, essentially. Well, it's funny too because like it was almost a mix of being that kid with the kayfabe, like you were mad that some of your favorites lost. Yes. But I'm curious, like, were you mad that they lost or were you mad that they were booked to lose? It's it <sighs> both. Like, where was your anger at? The guy that beat them or the bookers that made them lose? See, I think it's a self-imposed type thing because I put all this pressure on making it through, making it through, getting to the show, getting to the show. And then the show cannot deliver. And then I had all these hopes. And then one by one it's just it it's more me i think than it is the show probably um but then i couldn't separate it like i I was like what i I didn't i don't even understand it like i like why 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 am i freaking out so much why do i care so much it was shit luck too because the rumble is usually about as big of a lock as you get to being I, like an entertaining night of wrestling. Because even if like the undercard sucks. <laughs> yeah, or you don't like the winner. Like the Rumble match itself, most years. But more lately than not, there have been some bumps in the road. I mean, the, the majority, though, did come at a time where there was this big adversarial relationship, fans versus promotion. Mm-hmm. And like 2014 and 15 are like two of the worst Rumbles ever. But they've had some good ones lately. Like 18 is considered, like oh. I think Aaron might have had a number two of all time. I love that Rumble. Right. That one's great. 17 was great with. Uh, it's an Orton win. 16 with AJ Styles debut. Like there's so many good ones um, over the last few years that, yeah, it just seemed like real bad luck. And you can blame Shane McMahon. just like everyone else. I will. I will. But see, and it's so hard. It's so hard being a wrestling fan <laughs> because, I mean, you just have to choose your level of involvement is right. how I feel, because if you do like me and you put all your hopes on a show. And then they fuck you. That's, it's like, I want to blame them, but I know it's me. But also, it's still them a little bit, because goddamn. And, (laughs) yeah, I mean, I'm a huge Charlotte fan. Yeah, I fucking hate Ronda. So, yeah, I didn't super love it when Ronda beat Charlotte. (laughs) Uh, But I can put that away, but then also, I'm like, okay, uh, okay. I still don't super love it, like, just putting my feelings aside. Same thing right. with Brock. Same thing with everything. Um, Bad Bunny was good, so that's good. But um, and, and I like Brock. Like, I'm on a huge Brock kick at this point. Um, 
So now I just feel very confused about how I feel about everybody. And and everything's changing. That's the other part. I'm not used to this. This, I mean, because over the past couple of years when I've been paying attention to what's happening, Mm -hmm. you know, people being let go and then like just, it's just constant drama with I mean, that's wrestling. There's always going to be drama. Um, And that's that's part of why I like it, but I've never really had to, like, deal with it in that way. Well, the one positive with it is, like, there's always, like, another next show, another promotion. Like, I mean, hundreds of thousands of hundreds of thousands of hours of classic footage, right? Like, there's always something, if you're a wrestling fan, that you can kind of find solace in. Yes. Where, you know, if you're pissed about that show... Well, I'll put on my other favorite shows to just watch them and be happy. And like, there's so much to the medium that you can go back and rewatch more so than probably anything else in history besides be like the freaking Simpsons or something. But it's like, there's very few other things that you can just say. I mean, I guess like old baseball games. So like if the Yankees blow a shitty game, I can go throw on one from like 2000 or something. But um for wrestling, there's just so many options to go back and not even just rewatch, but even discover like. Mm-hmm. A lot of the podcasts I'm doing now focus around stuff I've only seen maybe once or not at all, right? Like ECW, I've never seen 85% of that stuff. TNA, probably 95% of that stuff. And even with War, with Marcus, like may, I might have watched those pay-per-views like once, you know? Uh, so like it's always, you're always able, whether you started watching in 1990 or 2017, you're always able to go back and find something that'll interest you. Like you could give up, you in particular could give up the modern product if you wanted. I and could, yeah. Start in nineteen. I'm not saying to do it, but like you could. If you were like so jaded, you could say like, I'm just gonna go back to 1985, <laughs> and you could build a calendar, and that could be your wrestling. Like to you, it would be new mainly, right? Like mm-hmm. you could just say, okay, tonight I'm watching Saturday Night, and like it's all new to you. And I think it, for most people, it'd be that way too. So point being, like wrestling can be so great. And it can be so annoying and it can be stressful, um, but there's always so much of it that to still always discover that you could always fall in love again, no matter what you tune into. Yeah, I mean, that was the first time I had that heartbreak and it sucked. Um, but I mean, I kind of feel like that, like you said, it's just kind of a thing that happens with people and you just kind of move on to the next show. So that's what I decided to do. Right. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, the same thing that breaks your heart is just going to turn around and comfort you uh, on another right. day. Um, so it's amazing in that way. And there's always something to learn, which is uh, another reason why I'm pretty obsessed with it is because there's always some little match that, uh, you know, or some storyline or some tidbit about wrestling that I hear pretty much every day that, is funny or interesting or different or weird. And I love it. So I just gotta, well, I gotta it, deal with it. You know, it's like my blown to me too, that you never had to have an existence as a wrestling fan where you didn't have like dozens of other people to talk to it about. You know what I mean? Like very true. Like the solitude of wrestling fandom for so many years, um, is just wild when you think about it. Like all of the big events that happen with like one person to talk to about, you know what I mean? Like stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And lucky for you though, you entered at a time where yes, you could immediately discuss and ask questions and break it down and get opinions. And I mean, that cuts both ways because you could come in flying high after a show and then, you know, everyone's shitting on it and you're like, well, what the hell? Yeah. Um, I mean, I could, I could happens, really like but... some Nazis uh, in a match and then nobody ever fucking tell me there are Nazis and things like that. Well, See, that's, like that's the double-edged sword. Like, as much as, like, it's cute, it's funny, it's endearing for Jenny to learn about wrestling, also Jenny will learn sh- shit and then have to, like, eat her words because she found out bullshit later about right. this person. But, which I kind of, I don't know. I mean, like, that's a thing in wrestling right now where um, people have said shit, you know? Mm-hmm. People, okay, look. Wrestling, I don't think, attracts the most quality individuals, perhaps. I, I'm not saying that as a blame. As wrestlers or, or as fans? Just both, probably. Yeah. But wrestlers is what I think now. But just because. But a lot of this oh, stuff, you have to like. You have it's to, like everywhere. 
yeah, but yeah, also true everywhere. But in wrestling, it's like every day I feel like, you know, <laughs> I learn something terrible. And it sucks because I don't want to think about that stuff. But I feel like I have to. But also I have to realize that times are different. All these all these different eras of shit that I, I watch shit from every era. I, I watch everything at this point now. So there's also a lot of inherent brain damage in pro wrestling. Also that. <laughs> yes. Why is Jim Duggan have no shoes on? Look, is that it's a martial arts match. Did he it's have a martial arts, arts match with Ming. Obviously, Jim Duggan's going to be there with his socks on. This might be the one show in wrestling history you know better than me. Yes. Um, all right. So, so you just mentioned like there's so many different eras and this and that. Like, what era do you feel like at this point you know the best? Like, if someone said we're going to give you, you're going to come on the, the retired body press your luck and oh, get a category. Like, what category are you hoping for that you feel like you could actually do well in? Well, it's got to be ECW, I think, just because of our consistency on that show, mm-hmm. and it is. I have to meet these deadlines. I have to watch these shows. So I I have been watching ECW for, what is it, like three? Yeah, I'd say probably three years at this years. point. Yeah. And so that's everything. That's every single fucking thing, pretty much, right. that we could find that is ECW that I've seen and talked about and thought about. So that's got to be it. And I don't right. think there's anything. I mean, this show, obviously. I mean, well, this, yeah, but, but and probably like modern stuff because th- this is more of a pure emotional lens. And ECW, I definitely try to think more critically and uh, learn more and build on what I know. And and I would say probably the modern stuff, right? Really, your second stretch. Probably, like, but even then, I'm not watching a lot that's of. Right, yeah, you don't really. Yeah, you at least watch like the big shows and stuff. Yeah, I mean, you know, I attend the shows. I, you know, live right. wrestling is still just the fucking best of everything that has ever happened. Uh, <laughs> seriously, I love wrestling live, no matter what. Like if it's in a suite at SummerSlam or you know my local community um show with 50 mm-hmm. people there. Live yeah, I, and that's definitely been, you know, and I've talked about that on all these episodes pretty much so far, like how like attending those starting in 2013 with like this group of friends and fans has, I think, elongated um, my fandom. I, don't, I mean, I think I probably would still be a fan, but I probably wouldn't go to as many shows. I probably wouldn't be as forgiving or like looking forward to a lot of them, per se. Mm-hmm. But like, I definitely think like that that part of it has definitely helped. And I, I think along hand in hand with that is, is discovering the internet community of wrestling fans that's mm-hmm. out there. And, um, you know, and obviously some come and go, but at the constant is always like at least either a core group that, that ebbs and flows or, um, you know, even just building up a large group of local fans to do stuff like, you know, go to a random show in, you know, in Indian, Rhode Island or Massachusetts with like a group of six of us, like just to go because Zack Sabre Jr. is coming. So it's like mm-hmm. having that little expanded group to go to or to bring four or five people to Picasso's, right, to watch a pay-per-view versus just like me and Andy sitting there mm-hmm. by ourselves for like six hours. Um, so it's like stuff like that where um, that expansion of fandom has really helped grow. And it's cool that you walked pretty much into that and, you know, you were introduced to it, like you said, you know, so you and Miranda came in and started Geek and Sassy, mm-hmm. and from there, kind of started doing like cameos on the different comic stuff, mm-hmm. with um on the on the pop feed, and then just kind of started like spreading your wings as a podcaster. Right? Like you started doing guest spots, and then mm-hmm. before you know it, obviously you had Geek and Sassy, and then what was mm-hmm. like your next even show you were like hosting? So I think the next one might have been Talking Pop with Tim. Yeah, probably. Um, just because me and Tim connected a lot, and mm-hmm. uh, we have a lot of chemistry, especially on air, and um, we just found in all these discussions that we could just bring out all this stuff in these people that we didn't expect. Uh, it's funny how when you actually just, like, sit down and invest in someone, talk to them, they just open up. Like, yeah, it's pretty amazing, and a lot of 
that stuff is what hooked me on podcasting. And so the podcasting, I think, definitely is tied into the wrestling because I don't know that I would have stayed into wrestling as much if I didn't start doing shows that made me. Was it doing them or even like starting like so were you a big podcast consumer before that or did like doing them you start to like discover them? Definitely discover them. Um, so of course I was listening to a place to be and, um, listening to what y'all were doing, learning a lot about wrestling and podcasting simultaneously, really. And then, but even before that, like before geek and sassy, were you a big podcast fan? No, definitely not. Okay. Nope. Oh, okay. Interesting. I would have thought you were like, because I know you listen to like a lot now. Yeah, I do. Um, <laughs> like, so like stuff and beyond, so. I would listen, like, early stuff would be, like, no-sleep podcasts, like, storytelling-type stuff. Like, I didn't get into, like, this as deep as I am now until... So, as far as wrestling-related, it would be, like, Tony Schiavone's podcast. So, I would listen to that a lot um, and learn a lot from that, which is weird. You get to meet him. You get to meet Tony. Yeah, I did get to meet Tony. (laughs) Oh God, what a day! But yeah, um, well, where were we at? <laughs> For we were at, uh, we were at wrestling Center. podcast, we started yeah, listening. So, yeah, and uh, and and then so being female, I think is um mm-hmm. a thing that I have to, I don't want to say deal with, but like it throws people off and. I, d- I definitely think it's different now. Oh my God, this is the best fucking part. This, okay, okay. King of the Road match, I love with all my heart. This Arn Anderson promo, I think is probably what hooked me. If I'm being is it because it looks like he just pulled up to a site on like this old house? Like he, the way he pulled, he pulled up, up to a fucking construction that. site and <laughs> delivered a promo to his truck, basically. He talks to his truck the whole time. <laughs> With these jeans on, with this jacket on. He literally looks like he's going to talk to dormay rooms or something right now. New Yankee workshop. It's, it's just the whole vibe that, I don't know, there's just something about Arn Anderson. There always has been. For me, it must be the daddy thing. has got to be. But um, he just, and he's wearing his gold gym jacket. And he just looks like a, a fucking dude who knows what the fuck is up. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he's just... Why is he talking to his truck, though? Why? Why is he looking in the window? It's his truck. He owns it. He can don't do what he know. wants. I love that so much. I don't know what it is. It's so fucking stupid. I'm really curious how high he finishes in the PTBN uh, Greatest WCW Wrestler Ever Project. I had him pretty high. I'm sure most did. So I'm curious if he gets in the top ten. Uh, he should be, for sure. I mean, he he just has that thing that makes you believe wrestling to me yeah no it's a lot he's always come across as very legit and real yes. and make you buy in yes None of, i've I mean, never seen I think he a wrestling it. promo like this right, right. It, because what i see or when i think of rest or when i thought about wrestling pro- promos it would be like hulk hogan saying brother or like right. savage warrior screaming Sa- yeah yeah nobody has done this like i've never seen a promo like that since right it's just very unique, and I don't know. I guess it's just what it takes <laughs> to get me to watch this. But now we have the boxer versus wrestler match. <laughs> so, do you feel as a female, it took you extra work to get like? Yes. All right. So, not even just as a female, as a female novice fan, you felt like you had a real road to climb. So it's it's funny because. There's pros and cons, of course, but so like people would give me, I think, leeway Mm -hmm. because I was a newbie and a girl. And um, so I think there was some sort of like charm to it. Like when I remember my very first place to be podcast um, guest appearance where it was very shaky. but then I had a lot of feedback from that just because of my enthusiasm mm-hmm. for it. And like we've talked about before, a lot of you guys are still just like kind of jaded. 
So when somebody comes along and they're just like really excited, it kind of makes you endear, you know, endears them to you. And I think that's what kind of happened with most people, not all people. Um, some people think I'm full of shit, and that's fine. Um, a lot of my opinions are pure emotion, no logic, and I'm but fine. That's with fine. That. Like no one, like no one has the formula from Dave mm-hmm. Meltzer on down. Like no one has the formula to how you should consume, view, rate grade breakdown wrestling right like there's no Mm -hmm. there's just no set standard or forum that's right or wrong some people will tell you you're wrong like like you can debate it and argue it but Mm -hmm. you go from like one end where it can be a critical breakdown of the match the storytelling limb work selling finish right or you know, I, like like my buddy Will, who just kind of should pop back up on the radar, right? Mm-hmm. Like you hear him talk about his his criteria for like a, a project like greatest WWE wrestler ever is based on personal emotional connection. Like so, his top five is radically different than most because he cares most about did he buy in to what a wrestler was selling him, mm-hmm. not what the wrestler sold other fans on right. or what was best for the business or what drew the most money it's mm-hmm. it's how invested was he in a professional wrestler right and like i don't think his stance and that's what i always think made mine and his podcast you know partnership so interesting was like i feel like i've always been in the middle of this whole sphere like mm-hmm. you have my friends that are like or fellow podcasters that are really into critiquing the match from a technical standpoint i don't mean just technical wrestling but like really analytical about it and then i have like friends that are don't give a shit or pure emotion. Right. And then right. I feel like I'm kind of in the middle, which is why like, I feel like Aaron's kind of there with me too. Like, mm-hmm. you know, he's, he's fine breaking down a match and is kind of a strict grader, but also goes five and Hogan Andre, right? Cause he sees it as like the perfect match in that setting. And it may not have peak work rate in quotes, but it's worked in a way that was perfect for what it was. So like nobody really has like the answer. Right. And if you're, to get back to your point, <laughs> if your view and grade is on your emotional reaction to a match, like at its core, that's what wrestling is meant to be, right? It's meant yep. to interest you as a consumer to make you drive to the arena and pay money for the wrestlers week after week, right? I mean, at its core, that's what it was. It was a traveling, you know, Barnum and Bailey circus, right? Like it was, it was meant yeah. to in- entice you enough at its core in wrestling. And, you know, I know you've learned this along the way, right. But like in its territory days and the, like the idea was to use television to bring in viewers to come live. So they never gave away the money match on TV very rarely because they wanted you to come to the, the arena to see it. So, you know, on TV, I'm just seeing squash matches and, and angles. And the whole reason is, well, those angles are driving toward what the tour is at that point. So, mm-hmm. You want to see Hulk Hogan get his revenge on Big Boss Man, you got to come to the Providence Civic Center when they come. And otherwise, you're not going to see it until the feud ends. And maybe they'll blow it off on, on Saturday Night's Main Event, or they'll put it on a pay-per-view that you got to pay money for still. Right. The Monday Night Wars changed that, right? They changed it around because now all of a sudden you're head-to-head, and Eric Bischoff believed in putting value on television to – you know, make money through ratings and and win that battle and make people tune in. The problem with that is you're going to burn out matches and it definitely puts less likely that you're probably not as likely to attend a show. Like, I don't know the last time I went to a house show, right? <laughs> like, I don't, but I mean, that's me. I've just been to a million things. So I, like, it needs to be like a big event to draw me at this point. But um, I think in smaller towns where they don't travel as much, they probably are more likely to get fans out to see the stars. But it's just the business model changed so much. And I don't even know what this point is, but I guess the, <laughs> the whole the whole point to bring it all the way back is the way you watch wrestling, I would argue, is what the design is supposed to be. Like, you react emotionally to the point where you're so invested in, in Arn Anderson or Charlotte Flair that you're willing to pay money to go see them. Oh, oh, yes. And I, you know, I still I'm planning on going to a house show in March when it comes here. Um, I love house shows. Mm -hmm. And, um, 
you know, for the big trips, I do get to watch wrestling with my friends, which is amazing and awesome. But like with these local shows and anything that comes by house shows or anything, I'm at those shows by myself. Um, and I'm still going to do that. Like, I'm still in it for the live wrestling, like, right. no matter what. And, but like with PTB, like it was funny because I think there was like, I, I don't know if this is accurate. You can tell me, but not a lot of female um, influence or um, any kind of like, I don't want to say representation because that sounds weird, but besides like Stacy, like girls talking about wrestling, when I started podcasting about wrestling, it felt like it wasn't a lot. Not within this atmosphere, at least. I, I think out there, there were some um for sure but but within our scope no it was limited i will say with ptbn we had a female presence like writing mm-hmm. um more so but yeah no i i would say you and miranda definitely kind of kicked that down a bit as far as like having regular podcasts with a female voice mm-hmm. and that was 2016 right so i feel or 17, whatever it was. So I feel like there's some level of at least progressiveness there um, that it was not super late, but we were definitely behind and you guys definitely stepped in and, and fill that void. And, you know, you've, you've leaned in and now you're, you have a billion shows. Um, yes. Like, what is it? Can you envision a world without it? Without podcasts? Without podcasts? No, definitely you not. Do a podcast? No. I mean, it's like, I'm in the situation where I, I cannot work just because of life circumstances. And so this feels like a, a good combination of like shit that I want to do. And that mm. has a good payoff for me. Um, you know, just feeling worthwhile, I guess, or whatever that feeling is that, I, you know, podcasting does, which it does. Um, which I'm sure you know, and a lot of us know, but, um, I I don't get paid for it, so that's terrible, but, uh, it's sort of where podcasting has filled this empty spot where I can work, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, I mean, is the passion still there for you? Like today, as it was when you started, like you still look forward to doing shows. You, you don't, it doesn't feel like. I mean, I know you said it's like work to you, but it doesn't feel like a chore. No, no, it, it's good work. Like, it's good work. Like it's yeah. um, it's work for me. Like it's right. things I want to do and things that um do make me think about things differently. And I get to speak to people all over the world, which is one of the top reasons why I want to do this. Like, right. Like solo podcasting is really cool for people who can do that. But for me, mm-hmm the point of podcasting is to have a conversation, like talk to someone and, right. and have that connection. And I can't do it solo. I just like, I can sit there and talk like blah, 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 blah. Like it won't mean anything to me. You know, it won't mean anything to me if I'm just spouting shit. Right. I want to have the conversation with people. I'm not trying to just say my part and then not listen to the rest, because I think that is the thing that happens with podcasters and wrestling fans. Um, to just say their part, say what they think, and not accept anything else. Right. Um, but I'm the exact opposite of that. So what was the first show you attended live, besides the Ozarks one with the, the Marty Bird? Um, what is the first, like, in, of your reboot? What like reboot, what? Yeah. So you, I mean, you're talking about how much you love live wrestling and et cetera, et cetera. Like, what... What was your first show back, and like, what was your reaction to it? Okay, so um, on a whim, I decided that I was going to go to. Um, well, I, you know, it was, it was like that wrestling high, like early mm-hmm. on, uh, and I hadn't been to a show since I was a teenager. So right. I decided on a whim that I was going to go to WrestleMania in New Orleans. In what year was that? Uh, 18, 2018. And, uh, so that included takeover that weekend back in the old days when they did takeovers, um, before (laughs) WrestleMania. And, um, so takeover New Orleans was my first show back in the reboot and fuck (laughs) 
not a bad show to come back to. I was just saying, I mean, if you weren't already invested right. just from watching and talking about it, like, I mean, honestly, one of the greatest, you know, WWE presented yeah. pay-per-views of all time is NXT take over new orleans so and it's funny because i don't even really have the appreciation that i should have for that show because i was pretty lost during it i mean i had a blast it was awesome i loved everything but it would definitely not mean the same thing to me now or yeah now as it you know it was weird it was it was cool then but now i would have been over the moon for that show right do you have you gone back to watch it a bunch? Um, just a couple of times. Not not very often. I probably should. And that was one of the things I was thinking of for this. Um, that was going to be my guess, honestly. Yeah, um, yeah. if you didn't do uncensored, was, was that your first show? So is that still your favorite? Like, what's your favorite show you've seen live? Oh man, see that one's hard. That one's really mm. hard. Um, jeez, you know it's so weird. I think probably just because of the fun factor and everything. I mean, it was just a great day, but uh, WrestleMania. Um, oh, God, it's so hard to pick, though. Shit, I was just about to say one and then I thought of another. Um, I'm going to say Tampa, and that sounds weird. Mm. I was going to say New York, New Jersey or whatever initially. Because that was very fun. And Charlotte showed up on a helicopter. So that was awesome in New York. But Tampa was just a different thing, I think. Maybe just because the Tampa before had been stolen from us. <laughs> and um, Well, I, I think it was just so, it was like really, for most people, the first thing. Yeah. We, you know, anyone was able to do you know, through the pandemic, like mm-hmm. at that level. And, and I know like there's areas in the South and stuff that were back up and running and different sporting events and stuff, but that was really kind of the big first wrestling show with fans. I mean, really was the first wrestling show of fans in like a year at that point. We had like fake cutout fans in the stands. Yeah. I mean, it was still, that was it still was at still that point, weird. but yeah. I think, I feel like everyone was just so happy to be there. Yes. That it had a real cool vibe. Yes. Not even the weather could really affect it. It was like, whatever. Like, it rained. Okay, we'll wait over here. Then the show came back on. It was a really good show. I mean, I remember after me and Aaron, you know, broke it down in Noel's Bar and ranked it. We had to end up finishing pretty high. Um, Like, it was a good mania, surprisingly, I think, for many people. But I just think, like, the vibe was so just jolly. Yes. I guess. Well, like just everyone was yes. just we were happy. Just... Like it was something that had been ripped from everyone going yes. to live things. And it felt very like I feel like everyone was just appreciative of like, okay, like we're back and getting to do this again. And it just you could feel that vibe. And like doing the two nights I think helped to mm-hmm. I was always anti two night, but I kinda came around after experiencing it. Mm-hmm. Um just like not being <laughs> on the head spot. Sorry, I just love it so much. Oh my god! No, it always, it always connects. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think that the two night thing ended up helping. Um, yes. And, but and not feeling that burnout. So amazing, like hmm. the pirate ship, and then just the production. All of it was just magical. Like, and Bianca was fucking amazing. Just so much cool shit on mm-hmm. both of those nights. Like it was. It was just special. Very much so. What was the best match you've ever seen live? Oh, God. It's, I mean, the best show has got to be New Orleans. Take Probably. over New Orleans. Yeah. Um, I'm guessing the best. Well, so you also went to take over New York, which would have had Cole I Gargano. I did. Yeah. So that's up there. That was uh, awesome as well. Yeah, I'd say like just from a pure snowflake <laughs> rating, right? It's it's got to be that. The yeah, or the something match, for New Orleans. Yeah, the ladder match New Orleans or Champa Gargano. Oh, yeah. Or also, I mean, you were live for Kofi Kingston Daniel Bryan. I was. I was. Yeah. Just great. The Kofi moment was one of the things that almost made me say that show. A lot I just remember so much of that show, which is odd because <laughs> you wouldn't think Look, so. I like to get drunk and watch wrestling, so 
Not a lot of things mm-hmm. make it to old memory banks, but that show a lot of, especially after all the drinking I did on that day, but a lot of that show surprisingly makes it to the memory banks. Who's your favorite wrestler? Oh, God, it's so hard. It's so hard. It's it's Charlotte. I, I'm just enamored of her. I just am. In ring or just as a person? Just, just all of it. I I was lucky enough to have a beautiful birthday present gifted to me um, where I got to be on a Zoom call with Charlotte. So it was really cool because I, there was only like a handful of us on the call. Mm-hmm. And I got to see her. I got to talk to her. I got to ask her questions. I made her laugh. And it was everything. Like, I everything... And I know so so many people have so many Charlotte feelings, and You're I right. get it. Like I do get it, but there's something about her that connects with me, and I just I can never. Whatever happens, it's always gonna be there. Like I can't fathom anything that can take it away from me with her. Like she is just that, it to me. So of all the shows you've watched, if you had a time machine, it could be there. Is it uncensored or is there something else? Oh, God. Okay. So we could drop you in this moment. You've watched the other stuff you've watched and seen. Like, if there was one moment you could be transported back to to be live at. Mm. Holy shit. Well, I can't say my favorite match because I would just be on the side of the road watching this fucker <laughs> drive by. But, um, so... There's, as much as I hate Rhonda, she is also in one of my favorite matches with Charlotte from Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. That match um, is incredible and is probably going to be my answer for this. So not the ECW arena 1996? I mean, nothing I've seen. Well, I mean, I've seen some great things, but... Like one of no. those cactus, cactus Jack matches or Cactus and Mikey. I, I just uh, don't Abu. know. I just don't know what I can think of that brings me more joy than Eddie, would, beating Eddie Ronda random, with a, a, a can of stick. Um, Not just some random, like any ECW wild show in 96, like to be in that arena in that atmosphere. I don't know. I don't know. I'll probably. Uh, not be safe in that atmosphere <laughs> in the, the mid nineties. Yeah, true. Um, all right. Any? Uh, I have a least favorite. Anyone you really despise? You sir, mentioned a couple I think, earlier. <laughs> Rhonda. Rhonda. Um, so I have I have complicated um, Dwayne The Rock Johnson feelings, mm-hmm. which I feel like are kind of well known. Um, yeah. So. For The Rock, I have come around on him as a wrestler, mostly. I will say that it's that initial, like, he has to win me over every time. Like, if he comes out during a a rumble or whatever the fuck, I'm initially going, ugh, you know, right? But then usually he warms me up. So, for the most part, I can get on board with The Rock as a wrestler, so I, I can't necessarily say I hate them. I mean, I, I can't say I hate him as an actor. So that is still true. Um, I try not to hate too much, honestly. But Rhonda, I do hate deeply. Um, uh, well, when you talk about hate, you got to talk about TNA. So um, you got <laughs> to talk about... <laughs> Brian Lawler. Brian Lawler. Uh, Eric Watts. James. BG James. Um, and to the point where my TNA watching has infected me for all the good shit that these wrestlers did previously before they came to <laughs> TNA. Right, right. Um, so it was like, look, he was over as Road Dog. And I'm like, fuck that guy. I don't give a shit. And then I watch shows and they're just like, the whole crowd is chanting along with this asshole. I'm like, what? Why? Like, he sucks. But he didn't suck yet, but I know that he will suck in the future, so he has past suckage, if that makes any sense. And it doesn't. What is your bucket list 
arena. Like, NWA. you could go. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is your bucket list arena where you could attend? Um, you could go see a show in this city in this arena because now you've been to MSG. Mhm. I've been to Vegas. I've been to New Orleans and Tampa. And, um. Shit. Or if you don't have an arena, what's your bucket list? like show to attend okay so rumble is the only one of the big four that i haven't Mm -hmm. seen live so i think a rumble which i mean i don't know i kind of have some pst ps ptsd thank you um for that show now but um yeah i mean i i feel like i gotta i gotta do a rumble at some point rumbles are pretty awesome live it's easy to get sucked into the atmosphere Mm -hmm. um and buy in so yeah all right. Well, anything you want to uh, plug before we wrap up? Um, I would like to plug Uncensored 1995. Um, if you have seen this show and you didn't like it, I would challenge you to watch it again and just try to enjoy it for the spectacle that it is. Um, it, it's really fucking fun. I, I'm just saying, I just implore you to just give Uncensored 95 another chance. That's all I ask. And also, I have a podcast feed, and there's a bunch of shows on there. Um, I have a show called You Heard About Pluto. Our latest episode uh, was me and Matt Souza talking about this insane show from Spike TV uh, called MCX and MXC. Oh, God, I forget. Yeah, I think it's MXC. Mo- yeah, MXC. Yeah, that's it. And um, so that was insane. Um I have a show called Freak Out Drive-In where I live watch horror movies. The latest one of that uh, should be available right now. And Talkin' Pop is my OG, one of my OG shows Mm -hmm. with uh, my bestie, Tim Capel. And uh, we've actually just planned a new one of those, so there should be one fairly soon. Um, Again, TNA Never Dies is my show here, I'll know so, along with the Extreme Three-Way Dance. And everything that I do is linked on my Twitter at Jenny Position and my Facebook page. All right. Well, hey, it was a lot of fun catching up with you. I know we do other shows together, obviously, but I feel like your wrestling fandom history had never really been, or views on wrestling. Like, I've heard you talk about wrestling, but, you know, your views and how you came to be as a wrestling fan, I think, was a story that had not been told. So it was good to dive in. And hopefully uh, everyone enjoyed this episode, continues to enjoy the North South Connection Podcast Network now into our third year. Hell, we got daily content now. Uh, Cronoso Daily is a daily pod blast series going match by match through the history of WWF pay-per-view slash Shining Spain event, like big shows. So every mat, every day is a match from a different, you know, member or host of North South Connection. So the first day was Tito Santana versus the Executioner, right? Second day was Ken Cobb Buddy versus Sesame Jones. Day three, so like we're going chronologically through the history, and we rotate about you know ten to eleven different voices so you get a really good mix they're all like under 10 minutes 10 to 12 minutes so it's perfect they drop at eight o'clock in the morning so if you get ready for work you know having some coffee taking a shower whatever it is it's a quick way to start your day and just listen to some fun classic old school wrestling talk we have some really cool variety of voices on there just like we do across the whole network so check it out if you're a fan you know leave a rating or review on any podcast or app and, uh, you know, look forward to the next edition of Behind the Connections. So stay connected. We'll talk to you soon. Take care.
shit doing to me The same to me is not for free And so PC is killing me So desperately I'll sing to the other love Shove it off so raging Hate and pain and fear itself And I can't keep these feelings on the shelf I try it, well don't act a lie The people are just suicide But I got too much fight inside You'll hide or slide I'll do it on the side And let it ride until I die And only then shall I fight This fight to catch a little tunes My fifty minute ditties I wanna bust all your balloons I wanna burn all my I'm afraid to pray, that's really all this was One feeling stuck in the air, but I don't